What is up, movie friends? Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. I'm Anthony. And this is James. And we have a special fun episode today. We're going to do the best movie Easter eggs. And an Easter egg is basically a hidden reference, a clue, or like an inside joke that filmmakers have either inconspicuously or sometimes conspicuously hid inside a movie, a, a TV show, a video game. It's sometimes something in the background, on the wall. Um, or character, and and this is an episode that I recommend. Obviously, we're gonna go into detail on the audio version of it, but if you want to check out visuals of this, hop on the YouTube channel to watch all the slideshows and images and videos we'll put up of the Easter eggs. Yeah, we're gonna edit this with all the stuff we're talking about, and it's gonna make a world of difference to see what we're talking about because some of the most revered filmmakers ever they throw in these little fun Easter eggs of the most random, silly things sometimes, and it's just. A lot of fun to see that in their filmmaking because a lot of them are so meticulous with their attention to detail. And oftentimes, like, they're doing this for themselves. And even if most audience members don't see it, they, the fact that they know it's there, they get a kick out of that. And it's so much fun to talk about. Yeah, and lately there have been a lot of modern films that contain dozens and dozens of Easter eggs. Like Deadpool have so many. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, those have a ton. A lot of the Marvel movies have a bunch of them. And then also, like, Ready like, Player One. Ready Player One is basically an entire story based on Easter eggs. It's an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. So uh, which uh, we're gonna do an episode on that someday, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah. But um, but we're gonna go into more like obscure movies or more well-known movies that maybe you didn't know had like a secret Easter egg hidden inside of them. Exactly, it's gonna be a lot of fun. If you like our podcast and content, you want to help support us. The best thing you can do is subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you can, and to become a patron on Patreon.com/slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. All right, I'll go first, and uh, I think one of my favorite recent Easter eggs that I've seen was in Captain America Winter Soldier. And so at the end of Captain America Winter Soldier, after we all know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, warning, after Nick Fury dies and fakes his death and comes back to life at the end of the film, they uh, leave. They go to visit his gravestone, his headstone in a cemetery, and on the gravestone is engraved, The Path of the Righteous Man. And this is a nod to his character, Jules, in Pulp Fiction, who recites this Bible verse every time he's about to kill somebody. So it's it was a hilarious Easter egg in such a phenomenal film in Winter Soldier. I love that shot. And when you saw it for the first time, you're like, oh. I think we screamed Jules, out loud yeah, in theaters. Yeah. We're like, oh my God, look at it. It's such a great nod. And I just love when they can poke, they, they can reference their own movies. It kind, of, it kind of makes it a little meta and it shows they're not like taking it too seriously. They're having fun with it. Yeah, especially Marvel to do that. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah, and like I'm sure like Sam Jackson should get that on his actual tombstone when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson won't ever die. What are you talking about? <laughs> David Fincher is known for his technical prowess and his perfectionism. Uh, and in Fight Club, there's this really great Easter egg laced throughout the entire film. It's not just one moment like the tombstone. It's literally the entire film. Every single scene contains a Starbucks coffee cup in the frame so uh, no matter what scene it is if you look closely there's going to be an image of a starbucks cup somewhere in the frame even if it's just for a moment and it's a really great play on the idea of the film uh, talking about consumerism and capitalism and uh, the monopolies that businesses can attain in america and i think this is a, a well-known one but i don't think people know the extent to how how many cups are really in this and i think the best shot is in uh, the narrator's office there's a shot where every person in the office is holding a Starbucks cup. It's so good. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, the very first Indiana Jones film, which we actually just did an episode on recently, um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg obviously made these films together. And when Indy first discovers the Ark of the Covenant, a little Easter egg for George Lucas's previous film, Star Wars, I don't know if you ever heard of it, um, R2-D2 <laughs> and C-3PO can be seen carved into the hieroglyphics on the wall 
a detail that even made it onto a Lego set. So it's a really cool little nod. Next time you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, try to pause the, the the movie and see if you can find it. It's right when Harrison's like got his hands underneath the Ark of the Covenant and about yeah. to lift it up. Does that mean that Star Wars takes place before Indiana Jones and that they're like the ancient aliens of I, the universe? Because, I, I mean, well, Han yeah. Solo technically doesn't die. He's immortal. Or yeah. it's just a new incarnation of, of the of the person. I think it's the ancient aliens of, of humankind with I mean, all the Star Wars characters. Han Solo and Indy are like the same character, basically. <laughs> In E.T., Steven Spielberg referenced Star Wars for that scene in which the kids dress up over the blanket to make them look like a ghost, and they're they're moving through their neighborhood, and and it's Halloween night, and there are kids and adults all over the place dressed up, and then we get a shot of someone dressed up as Yoda who approaches E.T. for for one of the shots, and it's a really great nod to the Star Wars universe because Spielberg and Lucas, as we all know, are great friends. The Shining is rife with Easter eggs. Obviously, there's a whole documentary actually called Room 237 that shows all these hidden symbolism and, and Easter eggs, if you can call them, inside The Shining that Kubrick put in. But um, there's there's just a couple that I want to talk about real quick that are my favorites from The Shining. And so um, my favorite Easter eggs in The Shining are obviously Kubrick supposedly hinting that he filmed and staged the moon landing which you know i don't believe in that but i think um, he's having fun with it i think he's just having fun and poking fun at people and, and messing with people's minds because i mean we're still talking about it 60 years later almost it's <laughs> crazy and, um but in the film danny has an apollo sweater of the of the apollo, apollo 11 apollo 11 uh rocket shuttle uh blasting off and then also there's a theory that the room that has uh, the most of the shining and basically the the soul of the ghost, if you want to stay at the hotel, uh, room two thirty seven. Actually, I think in the book it's two fifteen or two thirteen, yeah, something they like that. It. And people don't know are wondering why why did Kubrick change this tiny detail about a room number? What's the big deal? And I believe on average the distance from the moon to Earth is about two hundred thirty seven to two hundred forty thousand miles, somewhere around that. So I think that's why he chose. But that's why people think he chose 237 to another another nod to the moon in the distance. And then also another shining related Easter egg that is actually in Toy Story. This might be my favorite Easter egg in general is um, the carpeting in Toy Story 1. The carpeting at Sid's house next door is the same exact pattern as the carpeting in The Shining, which obviously we've seen Danny run uh, ride his uh, little tricycle on a, a dozen times at least. And so same carpeting, basically. It's, it's a really cool Easter egg. Yeah, the filmmakers who made Toy Story 1, um, their favorite one of their favorite movies is The Shining. So uh, they actually reference it in a bunch of different th- films in Pixar. Uh, in Quentin Tarantino's films, there's this running Easter egg of the cigarette brand called Red Apple Cigarettes. And many of his characters uh, smoke them in all of his films. And the brand has a funny logo uh, of a worm smoking a cigarette while sticking out of a red apple. And examples of these cigarettes being smoked are Mia Wallace and Pumpkin smoked them in Pulp Fiction. They're smoked in Tarantino's segment in the film Four Rooms. Beatrix Kiddo walks past a red apple cigarette's billboard in Kill Bill. Bob smokes the cigarettes in The Hateful Eight. Rick Dalton stars in a commercial for them in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is pretty funny. It's like take a bite out yeah, of that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> And then uh, Tarantino smokes them in Robert Rodriguez's film From Dusk Till Dawn, and they also appear in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. There's a fun Easter egg in the beginning of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, wherever you live, where before Harry finds out he's a wizard, and it's Dudley's birthday, and they go to that um, zoo, and then they before at the zoo, this is obviously where he interacts with the snake, but and so they're walking into the reptilian house of this scene where the where the snake is, and as they're walking into the rep- reptile house, 
there's a group of school children walking outside of it that are wearing these like vibrant green school uniforms, which is basically a hint that or Easter egg or foreshadow of Slytherin's house at Hogwarts and how they're related to to snakes. That's crazy. I never noticed that. I have to see this now. That's so, that's so smart. I love that. There's a really funny and adult-themed Easter egg in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. During the end credits of the film, um, there's that animated title credit sequence with the uh, Marauder's map animated throughout the entire sequence. And one of the glimpses of the map shows in a corner of the map during a, in, a, in a part of the castle, we see two pairs of feet facing each other and not moving, which implies that the two people right there in, the, in Hogwarts Castle are actually... Uh, Either making out or, or bumping Dudleys. Yeah, or, yeah. Or what. <laughs> <laughs> definitely doing something not PG rated. Yeah, their, their feet are right on top of each other. And this makes sense because if you think about Hogwarts as a school, and all these, it's a co-ed school, and a lot of them are going through puberty, especially in the older teens. And so it would make sense that uh, some of the older teens would be uh, getting themselves into situations like this. It's not really spoken about in the stories at all. JK kept it pretty. It's, uh, it's mostly just kid kissing. friendly. It's very yeah. PG. Yeah, it's pretty kid friendly. But uh, you can imagine, like, there's st- really some stuff going on in a in Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm convinced that Hogwarts has some bad people too. Like, there's got to be some sort of like like drug dealers and like <laughs> sketchy punk kids. Like, it's it's way too nice in the movies and books. Yeah, there's always there's always those bad kids in school. So I'm sure, like, they're all from Slytherin, obviously. <laughs> The Deadpool films, they have dozens and dozens of examples of of purposeful Easter eggs and, and foreshadowing and, and funny references. But I think my favorite is is Deadpool 2, um, where Logan is dead on the tree stump and like it's so spinning. Funny. It just kills me every single time. So I think I think that's my favorite Easter egg. But I mean we could do a whole episode on Deadpool's uh, Easter eggs, but I think just pointing out one is fine. And I just love uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman's back and forth over and over again. Their friendly, like, kind of rivalry in social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so like, much fun. You know they're best buds for yeah. real life, but, like, they, I, yeah. I love him Deadpool 1 when um, Vanessa takes off his mask and he's wearing uh, a paper mask of Hugh Jackman's face taped <laughs> to his head. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> in Charlie's Angels, Drew Barrymore busts into the room of some teenage boys. If it looked vaguely familiar, that's because it's the very same bedroom from the set of E.T. And if you remember, she starred as the young girl in E.T., the sister of Elliot. And now if you look closer in that scene, you'll also see an E.T. poster on the wall. And both the boys are eating Reese's Pieces, the favorite ca- the favorite candy of E.T. himself. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. Man, how much money did Reese's make off that movie? Oh, so much. And uh, how about the shaving cream brand from Jurassic Park? Oh, absolutely. Barbasol? <laughs> Barbasol. <laughs> Steven Spielberg just made so many companies, corporate companies, so much money. I'm sure you got a cut of the profit. In Back to the Future, the mall which Marty visits is called the Twin Pines Mall. But when Marty traveled to 1955, he accidentally ran over a pair of pine trees escaping shotgun fire. Then when Marty returned to 1985, there was only one pine tree on the illuminated sign at the mall entrance, and as a result, the mall's name had changed to the Lone Pine Mall. Very funny. And the signs are like the exact same style. Yeah. It's really fun. In Star Wars The Force Awakens, Finn's ID number is FN2187, the same as the cell block number where Leia was imprisoned in A New Hope. Later, while aboard the Millennium Falcon, Finn stumbles across the practice sphere Obi-Wan trained Luke with as well as the hologram game that Chewie and C-3PO were playing on the ship. We actually have a, a, a handful of Star Wars ones. you want to stay on the topic since we're, we're talking about it? I would love to. Let's do some more Star Wars. So in Star Wars The Phantom Menace, there are three E.T. alien lookalikes that can be seen in the Galactic Senate, 
with when Queen Amidala makes her impassioned plea to the Senate for the protection of Naboo. What makes this cameo even better, the leader of this group of Azogian, as they're known, is named Greb Lipes, which is Spielberg spelled backwards. Ah, funny. They're very smart. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Get 20% off your order and free shipping using coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. Again, Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping year-round. We have been given pretty much everything that Manscaped sells. Their lawnmower groomer. It's, it's got a, a light, it's waterproof, 8,000 RPM trimmer. Like that's insane. It's like a jet engine for your your lower lower parts of your body and and guys grooming is a part of life it's especially during lockdown during covid you gotta you gotta take care of yourself you can't let yourself get too out of hand and and the lawnmower groomer is the most gentle clippers i've ever used in my life i will never use anything from any other store or brand for the rest of my life manscaped has got me i also love their deodorizers their cologne smells amazing we actually have it on the table right here they sent mm-hmm. it to, to us i'm also a big fan of their toe deodorant toe deodorizers just to spray you you hit your your toesies and your feet after you get out of the shower before you t- put your socks on and you're good to go for the whole day so 20 percent off your order and free shipping forever year round at manscaped.com using coupon code raiders of the lost at checkout again raiders of the lost at checkout fellas get on manscaped asap ladies this is a perfect gift for the men in your life. In Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, during the scene where Rey is in prison uh, before she's interrogated by Kylo Ren, there's a stormtrooper guarding her. And a really fun story about this particular stormtrooper is while they were filming this movie, a Bond film was being filmed at the same time next door in the same Pinewood Studios. And so uh, while he was done with one of his scenes, Daniel Craig visited the set of Star Wars and they asked him, would you like to actually play the stormtrooper in the scene and he is a huge fan so of course he said yes so uh, he played the stormtrooper for this entire scene so if you watch this scene again and you hear the stormtrooper's voice you will easily recognize james bond aka daniel craig playing the stormtrooper and it's so much fun i know we said no cameos but i think that's technically not really much of a cameo that's it's a that, cameo i think that's it <laughs> it's daniel craig so we'll let it slide i say maybe it's not a cameo because you can't see it's him yeah but maybe. It's, it's the danny craig loophole easter egg so i mean we he's, he's the in. man so yeah. yeah whatever it's our it's our show we'll do what we want if we want stop to stop yelling at us yeah, guys all right everyone relax in the comments <laughs> that no one's commenting on anyways so another star wars fun <laughs> one is star wars uh, there's a reference actually in blade runner the original blade runner uh, the the Millennium Falcon appears in Blade Runner. The production of Blade Runner needed more buildings to appear in the background skyline of Ridley Scott's futuristic noir world, and they actually grabbed the Millennium Falcon model that was lying around. After a coat of paint, the ship blended right in with the city, so it's basically just like against the skyscraper as part of one of the scenes of, of the landscapes of this city. And so despite the events of Star Wars Force Awakens, we still have Deckard alive and well in Blade Runner 2049. 20, 20, Mind blown. Ridley Scott's a very practical filmmaker. Oh yeah, you got you got a leftover spaceship that'll look great in my futuristic city. No big deal. That's that's Los Angeles 2020, 2017, right? Looks like it looks accurate to now. <laughs> uh, another great Star Wars reference in another movie is um, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. In the opening sequence, when the characters escape and they're driving through the the streets of China, the characters drive by a nightclub called Club Obi Wan. And it's, uh, it's just there for a second, but if you look closely, you can clearly see it says Club Obi-Wan, which is obviously another reference to Star Wars. So much fun to see. I think there's just one more Star Wars reference, then we'll move on from a galaxy far, far away. So in Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, director J.J. Abrams, he's such a huge fan of Star Wars, obviously. But um, you probably didn't notice that R2-D2 pops up in this franchise, in this film, 
However, if you blink, you might miss it because he's spotted in in the scene where there's an explosion on a ship and he just is flying, flying like yeah. out the window. He's like debris. Yeah, so he's a piece of debris flying out the window. It's and a blink and you miss it. Yeah, it, it's actually really funny when you see a, a still of it. Yeah. He's just going... <laughs> that's a horrible R2-D2. Actually, yes. that wasn't that bad. <laughs> That's a pretty good R two D two impression. Good, yeah. Like when he's like R2-D2 screaming, screaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got it. I should, I should do voice acting <laughs> or something. In the classic film The Godfather, oranges are used as a foreshadow to someone being killed. So, in scenes in which you see a character eating an orange, or you see any oranges laid out in the scene in the production, that means that someone is going to die very soon. And then another foreshadowing of death Easter egg in another classic film is in The Departed, Martin Scorsese's film. And it, throughout this entire film, uh, Martin Scorsese literally laid out X marks in the backgrounds of sets uh, when characters who are, are going to die at the end of the film are on screen. And so, for example, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio, oftentimes they'll be in scenes and you'll see an X in the background, which means it's a marker for them dying. And it's actually Scorsese uh, referencing a classic film from the 40s that he really loves. And it's a, a foreshadow that this person's going to die or they're actually in the moment talking about someone dying. In the animated film Rango, at one point in the movie, Rango ends up flying through the air and lands smack on the windshield of a convertible. But it's not just any convertible. Both the car and passengers that Rango stumbles upon strongly resemble those in Depp's earlier film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. In the Disney animated classic Hercules, after finding fame as a hero who protected cities, saved children, and rescued damsels, Hercules was posing for a sculpture. If you look close enough, you'll see that the fur he's wearing over his shoulders is of none other than Scar from The Lion King. Scar did die. Got everything he deserved. Yeah. So Hercules slayed Scar, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast is sponsored by MoviePosters.com. Use our special coupon code Raiders 15 to get 15% off your order today. Movieposters.com is the number one site to get your posters online today. If you've seen our set, it's decked out with all the posters from Movieposters.com. These are high quality. They have every size. They can do framing, backlighting, pretty much every movie you can think of. They also have cool alternate posters, artist-made posters. So it's a great selection for any kind of movie you want. And if you love film like us, if you love TV shows... What better way to express that love than to get a poster for your room or your house or maybe a bunch of posters? We love movie posters, and if you do, this is the place to get them. Again, use our coupon code RAIDERS15 to get 15% off your order today. Again, RAIDERS15 to get 15% off from MoviePosters.com. One of my favorite moments from Pulp Fiction is obviously Jules' famous monologue talking about Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. Big Kahuna Burger. Mm, that's that Hawaiian burger joint, right? I hear they got some tasty burgers. What's this, Sprite? Sprite's good. And uh, Tarantino actually referenced uh, Big Kahuna Burger in another film, From Dusk Till Dawn, which was Robert Rodriguez's film, but uh, Tarantino wrote the script for it. And the characters, Tarantino and George Clooney, uh, they make a pit stop at a Hawaiian burger joint called Big Kahuna Burger. So we actually see the burger joint in this movie. And it's so much fun to actually see the place in person. And, and it's just a great Easter egg for the Tarantino universe. Fargo is just a masterpiece of a film. And there's a great Easter egg in this movie that the Coen brothers put in. When Carl, played by Steve Buscemi, is chastising Jerry, played by William H. Macy, in one of the final scenes of the movie... You probably didn't notice this, but he starts yelling, 30 minutes, Jerry, wrap this thing up. 
he's not just meaning the criminal scheme that they're involved in, but he's also talking about how there's literally only 30 minutes left in the entire film. They make it exactly 30 minutes. It's so good. In the film Midsommar, the opening of the film shows us a tapestry, which literally details through images the entire story that is about to unfold from the beginning to end. And so Ari Aster is having fun with us by showing us the entire story on a mural before he shows us with the film. And there are a ton of other Easter eggs in Midsommar, but another really cool one is uh, there's a creepy face hidden in the trees of the village showing Danny's sister's face after her death with the exhaust pipe in her mouth. In Shawshank Redemption, there's a huge spoiler revealed during one of the opening scenes where it went right over all of our collective heads the first time we watched it when Andy is feeling especially despondent and he tells Red about his dream of escaping to Mexico and starting over. Red dismisses this idea as a pipe dream and we all know that the way Andy escapes Shawshank is through that giant pipe full of feces. Pretty gross, but he makes it. So in a way, Red was right after all. During the epic fight in Man of Steel between Zod and Superman, as they fly outside of Earth's atmosphere, they crash into a satellite that is owned by Wayne Enterprises, and you can see the Wayne logo on the satellite itself, foreshadowing the eventual inclusion of Batman in the franchise. Pixar has so many Easter eggs in all of their movies. We could do like an hour and a half episode just on that, and they have this thing where they'll hide clues of upcoming films or characters in movies that are premiering. Or, in, for example, um, Nemo is in Toy Story. There's a sticker of him on, a, on I think, on a wall. Uh, Jessie from Toy Story 2 is in Monsters, Inc. She's a doll on the floor. Um, and Cars, Lightning McQueen's tires are Lightyear tires. Andy's cloud wallpaper is in Monsters, Inc. also. Wally is in Finding Dory. Sid is actually in Toy Story, but also in Toy Story 3 as an adult. I think he's a mailman. He's, he's wearing, a garbage man. He's a garbage man. He's, and he's still wears that same skull shirt. Yeah. Supervillain Bomb Voyage from The Incredibles appears in the background of Ratatouille as a mime. There's a wood carving of Sully from Monsters, Inc. in the movie Brave. And Lotso is in Up. Plus, there are tons, tons more of these awesome hints at future movies and future characters and all all of pixar films there's been a ton of cool videos that we've seen recently about this and uh there's also another thing that pixar does is they put the the code a113 throughout i think it's in every single one of their movies somewhere in the background or on set and a113 basically refers to the old animation room that the original pixar crew was all animating in at Cal Arts, Cal Tech Arts, or Cal Arts, yeah, Cal Arts, Cal Arts, and you actually see the number, the sequence A one one three in other productions because obviously a bunch of animators went through that classroom, and I think the most prominent one would be Brad Bird who went, who made that Iron Giant and he made The Incredibles, and uh, before he was making movies, he was an animator on The Simpsons, so he actually threw the A one one three in a few Simpsons episodes as well, in the film Memento. Teddy's phone number is actually the exact same number as Marla's in Fight Club, which is also the same number as the Hong Kong restaurant in Harriet the Spy, as well as the number in Eddie Allen's Someone Like You, and also the number of a mental institution in an episode of Millennium. In the original Tron, when characters are looking at a digital map of the actual game, there's, there's a, a hidden game of Pac-Man on display on the screen. That's so good. I love that one. In Iron Man 1, while Tony is taking off his Iron Man armor, on the table behind him in the garage are the designs and 
an under construction version of Captain America's shield. I remember what, like when we first saw this, like I didn't even know what an Easter egg was in yeah, like, yeah. 2008. We're like, oh my God, that's Captain America's shield on the table. <laughs> in the Dark Knight Rises, Bane and Talia both have serious burned scars made from the branding tool of the League of Shadows, which Bruce refuses in Batman Begins. So remember in that scene when he before yeah. he lights the whole dojo on fire, the he was brand, be branded with the that. brand is is that's like a sign that you're in the League of Shadows. And uh -huh. since he he turned it down and and decided to blow up the entire building, Talia and Bane actually have it. I I am the League of Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> you fail that, Judge. In the film The Dark Knight, when the Joker is in the hospital talking with Harvey Dent. He's wearing the nurse's outfit in, in that wig. He's actually wearing a name tag that says Matilda, which is a reference to his daughter in real life. Heath Ledger's daughter was actually named Matilda. In the movie I Am Legend, which stars Will Smith, there's actually an Easter egg of a movie billboard in the middle. I think it takes place in New York City. Times Square. Times Square of Batman versus Superman billboard. I remember that we freaked out when we saw this because yeah. this is way before Man of Steel and everything. Unfortunately, it turns out that movie ended up sucking. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, no, it wasn't that Maybe bad. if Francis Lawrence did it, it would have been good. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, he probably would have made I it mean, different. It's all right. But I remember seeing that and thinking, oh man, is that their next, is that going to come out soon? But I don't think, I think it was more of a joke and more of a, just like fun. Because I don't think they were in production. I think it. they were planning it. I'm sure. I maybe. mean, this is what 2007. Yeah, 2008. These these things take very take a very long time to plan. It's not like You're they right. like show up to say be like, what should we film today? Maybe we should oh, make a Batman. Do I do like Superman. Batman? I guess Superman. we could. Do we have a should, script? Should they be friends? Yeah, or? They, they, they spend years actually, Anthony, um, coming up with these ideas. <laughs> oh wow, thank you yeah. for telling me. Pre-production takes a while. Oh wow, I didn't know that. It's probably the longest aspect. I thought of they the film. just like showed up. Yeah, yeah, you know. The more you know. The more you know. Well, we are. A Thanks film for podcast. informing me. I want you to know how movies are made. Now I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> the film Watchmen by Zack Snyder has a ton of great Easter eggs, and one of the best ones is during the montage of the old superheroes fighting crime. In one of the frames, there's a poster behind that says Gotham Opera House, and there's a couple exiting the opera house. This couple is actually Thomas and Martha Wayne. So the theory goes that in this universe, the thief supposedly did not kill Thomas and Martha Wayne, leaving Batman a fictional character. And there's actually posters on the wall that say, like, Batman as, like, a fictional character. So the real Batman was never created in that universe. Yeah. That's super cool. And so it was just like, a, it's just like a normal comic book in that world. Yeah, exactly. Batman. I love that. That's awesome. In Pulp Fiction, Tarantino possibly referenced many of his future movies during the scene when, uh, before Butch saves Marcellus in the pawn shop, he picks out his weapon, but first he tries out a few different ones. And the first weapon he tries out is a hammer. And then he tries a baseball bat. And then he finally picks a sword to save Marcellus with. Now, this could be a foreshadow to the hammer that Calvin Candy uses in Django Unchained. And the baseball bat that the Bear Jew uses in Inglorious Bastards. And finally, the sword that Beatrix Kiddo uses in Kill Bill. Quentin Tarantino referenced his movie Kill Bill in Pulp Fiction... Uh, during the story when Mia Wallace talks about the, the TV pilot she filmed, Fox Force 5, uh, she describes many of the characters in Kill Bill. So first she says, there was a blonde one. She was the leader. That refers to Ellie Driver. And then she says, there was a Japanese fox who was a kung fu master, Oren Ishii. And then she says, the black fox was a demolition expert, who, who is Vernita Green. And then the French fox's speciality was sex, who is Sophie Fatal in Kill Bill. 
And then finally, she, she, Mia Wallace says that the character she played was the deadliest woman alive with a knife. Beatrix Kiddo. In Paul Thomas Anderson's film Magnolia, the numbers 8 and 2 appear several times with each other, a reference to Exodus 8-2, which relates to the climax of the film. 82 is related to those, those strange things, those mysterious matters of chance that simply happen, and they happen all the time. So it's, a, it's actually a beautiful film. I love this movie a lot. And the eight, Next time you watch it, if you've never seen it before, just keep your eyes peeled for 8 to like 82% chance of, of sunshine or rain, I think it is. And oh, that's cool. It's just all over this movie. And like the time says 8.02. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's very long, but it's really good. In Inception, the character Ariadne is herself an Easter egg. The name Ariadne is inspired from the Greek mythological character, and that Greek character was associated with mazes, and that itself went on with the term meaning solving a problem with multiple apparent meanings of proceeding. And so while in the movie, she is the architect and knows the shortcuts through the maze, which helps Cobb escape. In Lord of the Rings, Sauron's eye looks a lot like the Masonic eye atop the pyramid of the American dollar bill, together with the inscription, A New World Order. In Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, the fruit on Einhorn's desk is two apples with a banana between them, hinting that she's actually secretly transgender. Ace Ventura, of course, finds this out later in the film that Einhorn was once a man. That's so funny. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Laces out. Laces out, Dan. Dan. <laughs> Dude, that movie could not get made today. Yeah, it's, it's like when he's in the bathroom with the plunger and chewing, yeah, yeah, yeah. chewing yeah. like a hundred pieces of gum. Yeah, it's, it did not age well. Oh my god. In the film Avatar, during the military briefing scene, the physical set behind the military officers is shaped to look exactly like an American flag, alluding to the idea that the entire film is a metaphor for. Americans taking the land and resources from Native Americans, just how the Americans are doing it to the natives of the film. In The Dark Knight, when Bruce Wayne takes that black Lamborghini out in daytime, he actually drives a Murcielago version. Murcielago is the Spanish word for bat. Unfortunately, he crashes that thing on purpose. (laughs) $250,000 on drain. Oof. In the film Jurassic Park, Dr. Alan Grant has trouble putting his seatbelts together because they're both the clipping side. And so they won't connect. What he does instead is he ties them together, creating a link on his own. This foreshadows that all the dinosaurs, although they're female in the park, they're going to still develop the ability to mate and reproduce. In the movie Happy Gilmore, even though Chubb's hand was bitten off by an alligator, he often wears shirts and sweaters from the brand Lacoste, which has an alligator as its logo. In the film The Bourne Identity, when Jason Bourne comes back to land, There's a moment in the film where he's walking across this road off the pier and then a car drives by the frame and then suddenly he disappeared. It's a really cool effect and they actually didn't deal with CGI or any kind of camera trickery. Jason Bourne walks across the road and he walks past a small car passing by and just when this happens, a person walks across the frame of the camera blocking the screen for a couple of frames and while this happens, Matt Damon quickly runs around that small car that passed by him quickly runs behind it, ducked down, hiding beneath it. So if you watch closely, you can see the the top of his back and head peeking out uh, atop the car as he follows it out of frame. Another Pixar Easter egg is there is an abandoned truck in Wally that also appears in Cars, A Bug's Life, Ratatouille, Monsters, Inc., Up, and Finding Nemo. Its life cycle can be traced through the films. 
The film Predator 2 has a very clever nod to the future Alien vs. Predator franchise. The film features a scene in which Danny Glover's character finds the Predator's trophy room, and hanging on the wall amongst an assortment of exotic skulls is the cranium of a xenomorph from the Alien series. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That movie is just not that great. With I, mean, I love Danny Glover, but like Predators, in, like it, in New York City, just running around it's like, like a Jason rooftops. in New York. It's yeah. stupid. <laughs> in the hilarious film Team America: World Police, when the team is in Paris, the cobblestone brick ground is made up of bricks that are actually shaped like croissants. Since John Wick and the sequel John Wick Two are set only a few days apart, the cars outside the Continental Hotel are exactly the same. And none of them have actually moved an inch. Great attention to detail and continuity between the both films. Good job, guys. In the film Poltergeist, after shooting that infamous pool scene, actress Jo Beth Williams later found out that the skeletons she was swimming around with in the mud were real. It was cheaper to buy real skeletons from a medical supply company than making them out of rubber. That's pretty disgusting. In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Snape is actually helping the Order of the Phoenix when he redirects McGonagall's spells that are attacking him to his fellow Death Eaters before flying out the window. Yes, yeah, the twins. What are they? What the Caros. The Caros, yeah. In the Lego movie... Fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> in the Lego movie, whenever a character has a shiny surface on them, you can clearly see thumbprints on the surface, which is a great attention to detail. So, for example, Emmett... He has the shiny bits on his chest, on his vest, and you can literally see thumbprints. An amazing attention to detail they had. In In Jurassic Park, Dennis Nedry wears nearly identical outfits to the characters in The Goonies. Kathleen Kennedy was the producer on both films. In the film Evan Almighty, God, played by Morgan Freeman, poses as a waiter during one of the scenes. While he's serving Evan, his name tag says Almighty. Like almighty. Let's do a new movie poster giveaway. This contest is for a limited edition Wonder Woman 1984 movie poster from MoviePosters.com who is sponsoring this giveaway. They have a handful of beautiful limited edition Wonder Woman 1984 film posters. These things are authentic. They're one of a kind. They're... They have a cost of about $100 each, and the winner of this contest will get to choose which limited edition Wonder Woman poster they want. All you have to do to enter the contest is subscribe or be subscribed to our YouTube channel. And then leave a comment on the Wonder Woman 1984 movie poster giveaway contest video. That's it. We'll announce a winner in a week, and good luck. In The Truman Show, there's a brief moment where a bottle of vitamin D is visible in Truman's home. People who don't get regular sun exposure must take vitamin D supplements to stay healthy, alluding to the fact that Truman has never been exposed to sunlight. In the film American Beauty, Lester's reflection can be seen on his work computer in one of the early scenes. The actual spreadsheet on the computer screen looks like a set of iron bars from a jail cell, making it look like Lester is sitting within his own prison cell. All right, this this might be one of my favorite references. It's for the film Fight Club, and this is pertaining to the DVD. Um, there's a, a warning logo before the film starts, and it has this really great inscription on the warning. So it says... If you are reading this, then this warning is for you. Every word you read of this useless fine print is another second off your life. Don't you have other things to do? Is your life so empty that you honestly can't think of a better way to spend these moments? Or are you so impressed with authority that you give respect and credence to all who claim it? Do you read everything you're supposed to read? Do you think everything you're supposed to think? Buy what you're told you should want? Get out of your apartment. 
Meet a member of the opposite sex. Stop the excessive shopping and masturbation. Quit your job. Start a fight. Prove you're alive. If you don't claim your humanity, you will become a statistic. You have been warned. Dot, dot, dot. Tyler. In Pixar's film Cars, the canyons are all old cars and hood ornaments. So next time you pop that on, take a gander at all those old cars and hood ornaments in the landscape. In the film Batman Returns, there's a shot of Selena Kyle and the shadow of her glasses forms the cat ears on her face, alluding to the fact that she's going to transform into Catwoman in the future in the film. All right, that's it for all our fun Easter eggs. I'm sure we could do a whole nother episode on these, but let us know if you guys enjoyed this kind of episode. It was a lot of fun for us to research and do, and I love Easter eggs, and every time I, I learn about new Easter eggs I never knew about, I get giddy like a little kid on Christmas Eve, so yeah. I think they're a blast. And uh, of course, if if you didn't hear the if you didn't watch the visual version on YouTube, definitely go check it out so you can actually see the images along. If not, I think we did a pretty decent job explaining them in audio format for you listening. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this one. But thank you so much for tuning in. Take care, everyone. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Hit that subscribe button and notification bell. Listen to the audio formats of Raiders of the Lost podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast.